It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. All right, welcome back in. 418 from the Princeton Orthopedic Associate Studios. I did survive the Eagles game last night, even though I almost fell asleep in the press box because that was one of the longest third quarters I've ever witnessed. I looked up at one point, like I was saying in the open, and I go, 10 minutes still left in this third quarter? I couldn't believe it, and I know everyone's going to have their hot takes today, things they love, things they didn't like in the game so let's go out to someone right now that has the pulse of this fan base and the pulse of this team, and that's John Barchard from Bleeding Green Nation, who's kind enough to hop on board with us right now. John, appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for the time, and how are you? Two rules. One, uh, the Eagles are always going 16 in the preseason. <laughs> Two, never go to the press box for the preseason games, man. We gotta, I gotta, I gotta teach you these things. It's just it's a snooze fest up there. Well, yes, it's a snooze fest, no doubt about it. But as a young talk show host, I'm trying to learn everything about this team. So I felt like I had to go to the game last night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and I'm sorry it wasn't uh, more entertaining. We were all kind of expecting at least like one. One shot down the field when you know Wentz and Alshon are taking uh, taking the field there, but uh, you know Garrett Blunt to the outside. I guess that's I guess that's the new formula for this uh, for the squad here. Uh, and, and that's just stupid because I, I I've seen Garrett Blunt play so many years in New England. You can't run the guy outside. Just pound the ball right up the middle. I know Kelsey's small and let the guy do his damage. But you're not concerned about Blunt though off these last two uh, preseason games, right? No, I'm I, I'm I'm not. I mean, like you can tell, and you've been down there at practice too. You can tell he's a little slow. I mean, that, there's there's something missing off of his fastball, and and I think it's probably still just I'm leaning on that's that's the veteran in him that doesn't really need to get a a ton going. And week one, he'll probably look completely different than like a normal football player. But yeah, I'm I'm still more concerned about the offensive line to be honest with you. I know that it, they weren't all there, and Brandon Brooks is is working on his ankle, and Jason Peters had some personal matters to attend to. But the things that I look at now and even towards the future, it just kind of gives you an idea. If Jason Peters isn't there, man, does it look ugly. You know, it just does. Keep insinuating, like, well, that's that's what they paid him for, and he can just be over there. And I think that takes away pretty much his best benefit of playing right tackle. It's just for some reason – He's not as good as a left tackle. And when you're trying to replace Jason Peters, it's even harder. So I, I would even look for more of a guy like Dylan Gordon just to step in there, who's been, you know, being mentored by Jason Peters, who has the same 
body type and the same kind of athletic ability. I think that's kind of be, going to be more beneficial for them moving forward. Lane Johnson looked really bad last night. That's the one thing that jumped out to me uh, right away there, Zach. I was a little dubious with this offensive line compared to others. I think they're going to be a good uh, offensive line, but everyone, some people from the pro football focus rankings saying, oh, they're going to be number one. Why are some people so positive with this offensive line? I feel like I'm not seeing something right here. Yeah, I don't know. And, it, and God, that PFF ranking, I, it, that, that was ridiculous. First of all, <laughs> I couldn't believe that when that came out. I was like, there's no no way. And I think we forget, you know, as Eagles fans, as people that cover the team, like Jason Kelsey wasn't great last year. And then no. suddenly he's suddenly he's good again. And you're like, no, I, you know, like you can't, you can't just wish that stuff away. And, you know, it's still, the, you have the, a second-year guy who played all over the line last year in a fill-in role, and Isaac Sayomalu, who has looked phenomenal in camp and has had great practices, and I'm sure that they have great faith in him to kind of run out there and, and do that. And uh, But at the same time, like, you know, if the middle is getting crushed in and you were complaining uh, about, you know, not getting a run game going, and that's why you had to throw, have your rookie quarterback throw 600 times, uh, I don't know if that's going to change that much this year. You know, I mean, when the offense got going last night, it was because that they were doing a, a little bit of hurry up, and I know that that's going to irk some uh, some Chip Kelly haters out there with tempo offense and things like that. But that's where they had success. They, it, you know, they were they were better at pass blocking than they were at the road grading. Um, even uh, even the second team when they went in, and you're talking about Chance Warmack, who's back with Stoutland, and like, oh, that's. I heard some people comments like, well, that's the road grading type of guy that they need in there. And I was like, that was a double team on an offensive lineman, and then he pushed a linebacker almost into his running back. Like, there, as as much as we've talked about how strong uh, of a unit it's going to be, I don't even know if it's going to be a top ten unit. To be honest with you, I mean, it's I I, I think there's going to be a lot of different struggles, and that's going to be more impactful than anything else on this team, other than Carson Wentz is looking horrible, which uh, I don't I don't foresee happening, but that could totally affect the season just like it did last season. With the running backs, you know Blunt will be on this team. You know Sproles will be on this team. Who are the final two running back spots on the Eagles this year? Kind of an interesting discussion because we had that last night on our podcast with BGN underscore radio. And uh, I, I, I think the theory that we came up with is you might see Donnell Pumphrey with that phantom IR tag this year. Honestly, I think you, you wouldn't be able to it could tell me that the Corey Clement, as much as I think he's just kind of a guy, but uh, he, he looks reliable. You know, he lost those 10 to 12 pounds uh, since he signed on with the Eagles, and he looks pretty good, you know. I, it's 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 hard to keep a guy on the field, especially when they use them in – now, I wouldn't use Donnell Pumphrey in, in fourth and inches, uh, but, it, you know, I, I don't know exactly if they can't rely on him to be a punt returner. They can't rely on him to be – uh, a guy that's coming in and out of the slot or somebody that's going to try and take away snaps from, from Darren Sproles, I just really don't see that happening. And you have Smallwood already who's you know, having the same kind of hamstring problems, and I look at him as more like a, a Corel Buckhalter type from years past in here. Um, you're going to need a guy like Corey Clement that can step in and take a few steps and maybe you know, seven, eight snaps a game. And uh, you know, I, I know that they like Pumphrey, and I know that they drafted him, but 
that, that I think that there's a small chance that you know he might end up on one of those random IR tags and to save him from going to the practice squad. I, it's going to be it's going to be whatever it is, Zach. We're all going to fight about the fourth running back at the end of the preseason. That's that's what I'm looking forward to. John Barcher with us right now from Bleeding Green Nation on the Zach Gelb Show, Fox Sports 920, The Jersey. Shifting gears uh, to the defensive side of the ball, a positive debut for Ronald Darby. After seeing one game, seeing him in uh, training camp, you need to see more out of him. Uh, what type of corner do you think the Eagles are getting, and what are your expectations with them for this season? Well, first of all, Jordan Matthews who? Uh, <laughs> hey, don't hate Jordan. I like Jordan a lot. I think he gets too much hate in Philadelphia. <laughs> I, like, I like Jordan as a person, and, uh, you know, he, he he's a great guy. I just think that guy kind of showed you instantaneously what that can do for the defense and yeah, sure he's going up against Anquan Bolden, who's probably more of a slot guy, but and he's getting older and and Tyrod Taylor didn't look the best either. And honestly, that interception that he had after going back and watching at the replay, it's you know, I mean that was almost a gimme. But at the same time, like you know that 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 speed is is for real. And when he's breaking and undercutting routes, you saw that a little bit last night. You saw that he can probably be step for step for anybody uh, in this league. And you know. Uh, the the same things that I, you know that he was advertised as came about like that should have been an interception on the on the route that he uh, undercut and he didn't because his hands are too small that's just <laughs> that's kind of what happened there so but uh, you know he he is a, a really great athlete his speed is is phenomenal and I think that he's going to be a great uh, a great corner in this system you know I think you're going to see more rookie uh, season than you are going to see what happened last year uh, in Buffalo, and this is something that they desperately needed. I'm, I've been in favor of it since 40 seconds after the trade was announced. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to what Ronald Darby can, oh, can continue to do here. Week one up against the Redskins. Should Derek Barnett be starting over Vinny Curry? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it, and, it's, and you're, you're trying to get in that mode where, like, all right, well, they paid him a lot of money, and, Sure, they can they can do some things after next year to probably alleviate that contract, but uh, they're they're going to have to have him play a lot during the Dolphins next week. And I I would I think everybody wants to see him go up against ones of some unit uh, and, and just see what's happening there. I mean, you I don't know, man. Vinny Curry just as many times as as many chances have you've you've seen hashtag free Vinny and oh the four three is going to open this guy up, but even last night. You're seeing him not set an edge for like the millionth time in a row and having guys just kind of blow right past him. And, and honestly, he just doesn't have the similar. It's weird that a 21, a recently turned 21 year old kid has more hand movement, has more moves, has better technique than a, than a soon to be what? Vinegar is going to be 28, 29 year old guy, uh, in the next couple of seasons here. And it's just, it's one dimensional. Now, I do think Vinegar is still effective as they've been using him through three different coaching sets now he's a perfect you know right in line with a steven means or a chris long or whoever to be a situational pass rusher and just to keep everybody's legs fresh and you know if it's third down he should be in there because that's what vinny's great at you can throw him in a nascar package have him slide over to defensive tackle and that's been been nice too it'd be nice to have all three of those guys on the field uh, you know, all at once in doing that. But, yeah, I, I think, um, unfortunately, Vinnie Curry's snap and contract numbers are, are going to be very limited. You can't you can't look at Derek Barnett and, one, not get excited, and, two, just be like, oh, you know, Vinnie Curry's still the better player here. <laughs> it's, 
it's going to get to that point. I think Jim Schwartz might pull the trigger, and I'm, I'm excited to see it against the ones. The fan base, when it came to Barnett at the draft, they did not like the pick. They were a little hesitant of the pick of Derek Barnett. When they made the pick, I thought it was a very safe and good pick by Howie Roseman. Why do you think some people were skeptical of the drafting of the Tennessee product? Just because of the history of, you know, your Marcus Smiths and even to an extent Brandon Graham for a long point. They, they, you know, as as much as they talk about corners, I think a lot of people just remember, you know, your Mike Mamulas and, you know, Jerome McDougal and, you know, and, and those guys were who are good and, and, and obviously Brandon Graham has turned into a phenomenal player, uh, so he's he's really come around on that. But I think people just look at that and go, eh, pass rush, it never really works out for us. And I was probably in the minority at saying, like, you shouldn't have been at 14. There's no way that kid should have been there because, like, the, it, where his floor was and and you're seeing it now, that's, that's a productive NFL pass rusher. In his rookie year, a guy that could potentially be, you know, five, six, seven years down the road, like an, an all pro in his prime. Uh, and, and you're seeing it now. Like, I, I think that that's kind of why everybody was a little hesitant. And obviously, when it's, when it, they, they desperately needed corners and, and desperately needed wide receivers, uh, I think that's where, you know, everybody kind of tends to end up going there or, you know, Dalvin Cook or something like that. And they need running backs, but, um, I, I think finally now people are going like, okay, this wasn't just you know a safe pick. This was something to set them up for the future because Brandon Graham's not going to be here uh, that much longer either. Neither would Chris Long, even though they just signed him this year. So uh, yeah, I mean he's he's definitely the defensive end of the future for the Eagles. John Barcher, before we let you run, and I need you to hold your laughter until I finish asking the question. Uh, yesterday I had Dave Spadaro on, and I like Dave a lot. Um, but I asked him, what's a successful year this year for the Eagles? And he said a Super Bowl victory. So I'll ask you the question. Wow. <laughs> uh, what makes this a successful year for the Philadelphia Eagles? I think getting to the playoffs is a successful year. I think, you know, or or very close to, you know, just that's something that they're just missing maybe because it's still a flawed team. And I, I'm, I've been on uh, nine wins for a while now. I'm, I'm going to stay there. I think that's, that's probably what this the makeup of this team is, and if they make the playoffs, then then you know that Doug can probably coaching Coach Wentz is good in the second year. Honestly, it's all it it's all that really matters, you know. And uh, well, along with having like a a a, a potential uh, studly, awesome looking defense, which everybody seems to uh, seems to think might be happening there. But it, it'll be it'll be an interesting year because if the the defense is playing really well. And they're creeping into maybe even like a top seven, seven, top six type of defense. And the offense isn't doing very well. And uh, and Doug might be, you know, doing some aggressive things. And it may cost them a game uh, throughout the season. I think you're starting to hear the rumblings again about, well, maybe Jim Short should take over for the, for the head coach and, and and do a lot of that. So I'm I'm expecting uh, drama. I am not expecting a Super Bowl. But if if Spud says Super Bowl and he's right. Uh, I think uh, it's it's only I gotta lick his head or something. I don't know. I, I would be I would be absolutely amazed if if that were to happen. But a successful uh, season would be playoffs. Uh, but I'm still expecting that one. I would genuflect to him because the Super Bowl is not happening this year. I hate to break the news <laughs> to everyone. Hey, I want to end you on a serious note because last night I have great respect for Chris Long and I also have great respect 
from Malcolm Jenkins, just two professionals. And uh, you saw jo- uh, Jones, uh, excuse me, Long uh, join in on the solidarity uh, with uh, Jenkins. Just how about that last night before the game during the national anthem? Yeah, what a that was a quite a display. And um, you know, I, I think when a lot of people look at that, and, and trust me, there are a lot of political things that are behind it. Yeah, and people are going to have their their opinions on I, I do or don't agree on that. Uh, but for the most part, I, I look at that as a solidarity for for not only the reasons that Malcolm was doing it last season, but also just the events that are happening uh, around here right now. And I think Chris Long making the statements of him being a, a white athlete and just a white person in this country right now. And there's not enough support in saying like, okay, it's you know, it's the black agenda, it's this agenda, it's that agenda, and, and to come together like that on the on the field is a nice symbol uh, to base it before the season starts. I thought it was a, a phenomenal touch because racism in this country is not a political thing. It's just it is here. And uh, I, I, the more and more that any in any facet, whether that's sports or entertainment, anything that's just outside of news that you can continue that conversation, I think that's great. And I think that's what they achieved last night. And uh, me personally, I don't like the kneeling during the national anthem, but I do understand the issues that are going on right now in our country and the biggest thing is to create change and raise awareness and you just look at Jenkins he's been so professional with this and he's been so mature about this and uh, Long last night too and Long even said hey he's not gonna uh, protest the national anthem by kneeling during it I just last night I think that Chris Long gained a lot of respect in the National Football League and it wouldn't surprise me if maybe more teams uh, start showing uh, signs of solidarity uh, as the season does progress. Yeah, absolutely, and that's where you know I just having conversations with Chris in the locker room, and even just talking about you know because it really did seem to affect him with all the things that were happening down in Virginia, and you know it, it, through every question and through everything because there's you know we we talked about you know family just being down there and what that feels like, and he goes yeah as much as it of course it sucks for them because they're being represented in this certain way in this certain town, but you know that's that's nothing compared to how, you know, African-American folks are, are treated in this country and have been continued to be treated in this country. And I, I, that's that's more of a message to, uh, that I would want to get out to more than anything else. And that's where, you know, he just – he the, the thing about both of those guys is whether you agree with their stances on things or not, they walk it and they talk it. Like, they are involved. They are trying to move the conversation and I think that's commendable and respectful on so many levels. And just like you said, Zach, like Chris doing that, being right, right along with it, I think you'll definitely see more of that this season. Will Kaepernick be in the league by the end of the year? Boy, oh boy. If he's not after that Blake Bortles performance, I don't – listen, here, can I just say this? I don't care if Colin Kaepernick went to the 50-yard line and screamed, I love Donald Trump, because you wouldn't <laughs> care if he played football or not since. Uh, you, that guy can make the Jaguars a fringe and or playoff team if they play there right now. I mean, it, you cannot have a play, playoff you, team. I, absolutely, you I get a running game. Start goes, and play well. A playoff team. I don't know if that team's a playoff team though. If he, if you can get him to throw no more than twenty-five times during a game and have that little dynamic of, of you know his, his running ability and being able to throw downfield and just chuck it up to Allen Robinson with his phenomenal arm it's going to get there and it's going to stay in bounds and if you've heard Allen Robinson that's all he wants just keep the ball in bounds or just not not short to him I mean the Jaguars look awful you can't tell me that the Jaguars fan base is so fired up for a Bortles versus Henny versus 
I forget who their third QB is. <laughs> Battle going on there. They need to sign Kaepernick immediately. That's ridiculous. John, appreciate the time. Thank you as always. You got it, Zach. Thanks, pal.